many of us ever know what it is to become the perfect version of ourselves? This is Decoding Superhuman with your host, Boomer Anderson. All right, the sponsor for today's podcast is a member of the toolkit that I use on an almost daily basis to upgrade my state of being and have used it actually for the past couple of years. The guys over at Neurohacker Collective have done a fantastic job. You've heard me rave about the original stack as well as Qualia Mind on the show. But now I'm so excited because the suite of products has grown. You have Qualia Focus for that near-term bump. You have Qualia Mind Caffeine Free for all my caffeine-sensitive listeners out there. But their latest product, which just came out, is oh so exciting. It's called Eternus, and it's a 38-ingredient formula containing the most researched and premium ingredients on Earth for supporting cellular health. This is key to combating the symptoms of aging. If you want to check out Eternus, Qualia Mind, Focus, or any of the Neurohacker products, go over to neurohacker.com and plug in the code BOOMER. You'll get an additional 15% off your order. Enjoy. Satu, how's it going? Hello, Boomer. I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Excellent. Uh, we'll recap my travels in probably another episode, but it's good to be back in Amsterdam. The sun is shining, and on the basis on what I see in Stockholm there, it seems like the sun's shining there as well. Oh, yes. A lot of good things going on in Stockholm, and the sun is actually also shining. <laughs> so far, so good. Uh, but yeah, a lot of good discussions. Uh, the market is booming, so... Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about nutrition and specifically how nutrition is individual. And one of the reasons why I want to have this discussion is because there are a lot of different diet fads. In fact, this was part of my talk at Riga. And the fact of the matter is, is that you and I have very different diets or nutrition plans, right? Yeah. And there are certain things that are becoming popular that I think are worth addressing, namely Jack Dorsey. And Jack Dorsey is the founder, well, one of the founders of Twitter, but he's also the CEO of both Twitter and Square. And I respect him for everything that he does, and he has very interesting both diet as well as productivity uh, tips that somehow get captured in the media. And so just to go a little bit on the backstory on Jack, he was featured on a number of different podcasts talking about his nutrition plan. And what was interesting about it is he laid it out. He, Jack Dorsey eats one meal per day, five days per week, and he fasts on the weekends. That's what he's said. And that meal per day consists of something like fish, maybe a little piece of meat, some vegetables, and some mixed berries for dessert. And so I wanted to talk about that today because there's a lot of people out there, and this is just the, the media machine, if you will, who may see this and say, I should be doing it because I want to be Jack Dorsey. Now, there's a lot of issues with that, right? And so should we tackle them today, Satu? Yes, please. Let's do that. Okay. Such an interesting topic. Yeah. So look, Jack is, as I said before, an interesting guy. And just to give some facts on Jack, and I did a little bit of research on this before we started recording. So Jack Dorsey is 5'10 or 178 centimeters, which is exactly my height. 
He's 75 kilos or 165 pounds. I'm a little bit heavier than him, and he's age 40. Now, the profile that I've, or at least the research that I've seen on him is that he walks 10K steps per day. We don't know much about his additional exercise beyond that. And so with that, I looked at Jack and I kind of ran some calculations. First off, basal metabolic rate. How many calories should an individual burn without doing anything? And if you're 178 centimeters, 75 kilos, 40 pounds, you end up about 1,700 calories per day, not doing anything. So he's walking 10K steps per day, etc. And so with that, the question that I have, and I want to have this more in a discussion of developing a framework for whether or not a certain nutrition plan is right for you. Because we see this time and time again where somebody's nutrition plan catches on and really gets published in certain magazines. And then all of a sudden you have all of these people who have adopted it. And that to me is the wrong way to think about it. And so when we look at it in terms of just objective strategy and tactics, you have to think about it from Jack Dorsey's perspective, right? So what is Jack Dorsey's objective? To me, like he he's the CEO of Square and Twitter. And so he has a lot of time spent in deep cognitive thought. And so therefore, you know, something like fasting may serve him. The question that I ask here is, is it enough calories over the long term? Because 1,700 calories based on what I saw in terms of what his actual meals consist of, it doesn't seem like he's getting it. Now, let's also acknowledge some other facts. We're not sure if he's snacking throughout the day, Mm -hmm. uh, which is what the warrior diet is. Right. And so the warrior diet allows you to snack a little bit and then have that one big meal, in which case there may be some additional calories there. Uh, With Jack, we don't know. And so... We don't know what fasting consists of. It could be water-only fasting. It could be coffee. It could be butter coffee. Yeah, butter coffee, right? Like butter coffee still has 400 calories in it. So let's talk about the framework for evaluation if somebody were to actually look at this diet and say, is this right for me? Mm. The first thing I want to start with is like acknowledging what your objective is. And for me, my objective is a little bit twofold, enhanced cognition and try to live to 120. I don't, Satsi, do you want to share your objective with yours? Well, I want to live a balanced and healthy life. Um, and I have some certain um, athletic objectives and goals I want to reach. So, and cognitive as, as well. I, I want to be able to perform at the top on the business side of things. So with that in mind, you have to define your own objective. And once you have your objective, you can start to work on strategy. And so strategy in this case would be, you know, maybe something like, think of it as meal structure or something like that. Or you can look at actually strategy in a broader sense here would be nutrition. And so what elements of nutrition would serve you to have higher cognition, be more productive, et cetera. That's how I'm guessing Jack would look at it. Within each of us, we need to decide what that strategy is. And it should be a multi-pillared strategy, not just consisting of nutrition. And so then I think it's important to just jump to the tactics because the strategy we're talking about today is nutrition. And so when we think of really that framework for people to evaluate is a one meal a day diet good for me? I think the first question you have to ask yourself is, are you an anxious person? And be real. 
like don't try and be somebody else because fasting is a stressor. And if you are a stressed person, and I know this from experience when I first started fasting was I was in a high stress position and that just added to the stress and actually did cause a panic attack when I did this almost 10 years ago. So acknowledge your stress and realize that fasting is a stressor. Also, I think there's something to be said for adherence. I mean, what's the number one way or a number one way a diet success or is successful? It's adherence, right? If an adherence to many popular diets out there is low. And so a question you need to ask yourself is, can I eat one meal a day for a period of time? Mm, yeah. And that's why diets become diets in the wrong way, because people jump on them very easily. And then after a couple of weeks, they're like, no, it doesn't work for me. And I, I think that's also because you didn't understand where you're coming from in the first place and the objectives discussion that we just had. Exactly. And, and so I think those are two interesting ways to look at it. Are you an anxious person? And can you adhere to this for a period of time? And if you've never done any fasting before, it may be worth adopting something more like a 16-8 trial period or even a 10-10 uh, just to see how you feel. Let's, let's look at some of the potential benefits of adopting a fasting strategy in this case. Uh, so fasting upregulates BDNF. Brain-derived neurotrophic factor equals focus. And so if you are a busy CEO and you value focus, yes, intermittent fasting could work for you. Um, autophagy, which is the, I guess you can call it cellular cleansing process, may not occur in sort of shorter term fasting. So this is where that weekend fast that Jack is doing may actually come into play. But I think one of the other things that we should talk about here is meal timing structure and social implications. Um, so tactics. One key component to health performance is happiness, right? And if you are not eating and not socializing as a result, there may be a damage to your happiness, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the other thing which I found interesting, particularly about Jack Dorsey's diet, is he does eat one meal in the evening. And Oh, it's in the evening. I didn't realize that. Well, no. And keep in mind, this is other sources. So I haven't spoken yeah, to Jack directly. <laughs> yeah. And we know that having a large meal late in the evening can affect your sleep. Yeah. And for most, it does. Yeah. And so if we instead think, okay, what's the, going back to sort of the objective? And if we're looking at the objective of living to 120 or whatever it is, or improving cognition, sleep is a big component of that. And so then looking at meal structure, maybe it is okay for you to do three meals a day and have that last meal be a little bit smaller or even four meals a day. Yeah, yeah. A light snack in the evening might really improve your sleep uh, rather than having the steak and, and fries. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Last thing you do. Exactly. So largest meal late at night could disrupt your sleep. Um, moving to, I guess, a broader question around nutrition as individual, you know, evaluating any 
fad diet really needs to sort of start with your objective and then your tactics, right? And so uh, your tactics, so long as adherence is there, should be within the lens of your objective. And so whether or not something like keto is relevant for people is an interesting question. And one of the benefits that I love about keto is metabolic flexibility. But if you're keto for too long, do you actually lose that metabolic flexibility? Mm, That's a good point. What do I mean by that? It means like, do you actually, I guess, reduce your ability to burn glucose? In which case you've now gone so far over to one point that your body is now adapted so that it only burns fat, which I guess that kind of... taking a step back for a second, that kind of just way of looking at it makes you think that, you know, cyclical keto may be a better option for some people. But again, if you are a a golfer, maybe keto is great for you. If you are a cognitive ninja, maybe so. But Satu, you're a CrossFit athlete, and that may be a little bit more difficult. Yeah, and I've tried that uh, type of a nutrition plan or, or diet, uh, whatever you wish to call it, myself. And, and uh, I like the fact how it improves the cognitive side, definitely. Um, but for me right now, uh, the way I'm training and working out just won't give me the energy at that time of the day that I, when I need it and also to recover after. So that's why I have another type of a diet with sweet potatoes and stuff. <laughs> and again, that will restore muscle glycogen and you know that will help serve you in your CrossFit career. Yeah, yeah. But I think the point overall is, and we saw this, I remember growing up and seeing a feature in the Wall Street Journal about Sandy Wiles' raw diet. And Sandy Wiles, the former chairman and I believe CEO of Citigroup, which at that time was the largest bank in the world. And he basically built Citi into this largest bank in the world. And once that came out in the Wall Street Journal, there were a number of people that said, I want to eat fish, sashimi, everything all day long. Uh, And they were very, um, in the article, they very much emphasized uh, raw fish and that kind of stuff, which is great if you have a lot of money. But also... You know, I think there's something you need to acknowledge is your blind spots. And each one of these nutrition plans that we've mentioned, whether it's the warrior diet, one, one meal a day thing that Jack is doing, or let's say keto or vegetarian vegan, there's blind spots in all of those. And if you can acknowledge those and adapt to them and then adhere to all of that combined... That sounds like a formula to success for me. Definitely, yeah. I think it needs all of these. They just need to serve the purpose that you have and yeah, the objectives you have. And also, I would like to emphasize on the fact that we we do need to understand who we really are and what does our what does my body need and my brain need for to work in the proper way. And also then you can track it back to the genetics. What, what, are, what do, what do you, your genes say? What suits you and, and might not suit another one? Uh, for me, high carbs are just fine. But if you have a person who wants to lose weight and, and their genetics say that, oh, no, don't eat high carbs. Go for the keto diet and you will, you will, yeah, like you. <laughs> 
you you will benefit from that then definitely you you need to do that and, and i'm one of those people that I, I just do better on lower carbohydrate diets uh, both from an energy per perspective but also from a weight control perspective let's talk about how somebody can go about doing this how they can go out and find it because our overall message here is how do you root out cognitive bias when it comes to nutrition. We're all being bombarded with 10,000 different articles from various sources. How do you root out cognitive bias? Because JJ Virgin may look good, she may tell me to eat something, and this is not a knock against JJ Virgin at all, but how do I know it's actually good for me? Satu, do you want to, where would you start? Well, as I just briefly mentioned, I would start with two aspects. The understanding myself, where I come from, the genetics, and then understanding or matching that to my overall objectives, the goals that I have in life. Doing a, a test to understand what is the foundation, your genes, what do they say and implicate, to use that as an advice, and then to consider or reconsider, uh, well, I was thinking about going for the keto diet. Does that actually help and serve the purpose? Mm, okay, looks like it doesn't. I, I should actually go for another type and then adjust based on that. And does it then match the way I exercise and the way I work and the way I live my life? Also looking at the social side of things. Yeah, it sounds like you're describing a complex system there, right? It's, uh, it's great. If I can just add one more thing to that, it's just adding on a layer of measurement at the end. And what I mean by that is you can use laboratory testing, you can use wearable technology, but just being able to take point in time measurements to see is this serving you or not? An example, we both have aura rings, but an example could be continuous glucose measurement. I put a pin in my arm this morning where I'm going to be measuring my blood glucose continuously for two weeks. And the objective there is sort of a before and after experiment of this is the last week of six weeks, no alcohol. And then next week, I'll probably have a couple of drinks and seeing what the difference is. But you can do this uh, through observing your foods and seeing whether or not it spikes your blood sugar. And when I do that, I know blood glucose could be correlated to longevity. And so I'm seeing, you know, does this particular right now Mediterranean keto role that I'm playing serve me? Does it help my average blood glucose over the course of the day? Or do I need to work in more carbohydrates, etc.? Awesome. So let's wrap things up. All right, so we've covered a lot on this podcast, actually. We went from Jack Dorsey to how to individualize nutrition to a few different strategies to get yourself started. Key conclusions for people, just evaluate what is said in the media in the context of your own life. Try and separate cognitive bias and follow that framework that we mentioned earlier around truly relating to your own objective and then really looking at the tactics at which to get there. Because if you look at it that way, and whether or not you're building a billion-dollar company or multi-billion-dollar company, or you're just trying to get through your day, looking at it that way will allow you to very tactically select your own nutrition plan. Anything else we should add to that, Satu? Uh, focus on quality. Uh, if you really want to deep dive into a diet, um, you go for whatever it is, keto or high-carb, um, don't go, don't settle for low quality products. Amen. Amen. Show notes for this one are decodingsuperhuman.com. Nutrition as individual. Have an absolutely epic day. Satu.
Sayonara. Sayonara. Superhumans, before you go, two asks from me. Number one, if you can head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and just give us a five-star rating, it really helps get the word out. Number two, if you can give us a little feedback, send us an email at podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com. Those of you that have actually taken advantage of this know that I read and respond to each one. Thank you so much for listening and have an absolutely epic day. Mm-hmm.